Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Hey, if you got your Bibles, uh, if you'll turn with me uh, to the uh, book of Daniel, we've been going through uh, the story of Daniel, challenging times, courageous faith. If you'll turn to Daniel chapter 3, I want to get you uh, caught up on the story. So last week, uh, all of the royal officials are invited to a, an official dedication. All the government officials, they're invited to this big official royal dedication by the, by the king. I don't know if you've ever had any kind of uh, invitation like that to something that's kind of very official, you know, uh, to, to attend some kind of dedication, maybe for in state government, maybe you've kind of done that. I was <clears throat> pastoring in Kentucky. I got a letter from the mayor inviting me to attend a, a, an official dedication. The representative of the U.S. House of Representatives was going to be there. The mayor, the city council, county officials, you know, all the community leaders, all the pastors were invited because we were dedicating a Walmart in our small town. So I go to the Walmart dedication. The high school band is there uh, to play the national anthem, and they played the Walmart theme, which I didn't know they had one, which was to the tune of We Will Rock You, and you sang We Love Walmart. Okay, I didn't even know that existed. But that's the level of dedications that I get an invitation to. So, uh, so here they are at this, you know, at this big dedication. And you remember the story from last week. Now, the dedication was not a building. It was the dedication of an idol, 90 feet high, made of gold, nine feet wide, with an image probably of Nebuchadnezzar, maybe, maybe not, but it was huge. So everyone is invited uh, to this dedication. Now the announcer starts the dedication with the rules. Said, welcome, glad you're here. And when they play music today, we want you to bow down and worship the idol. And anyone that doesn't will be cut into pieces. Okay, so that there's your options. Welcome, here's the rules, there's your options. So they, if you remember the story, they play the music. Everyone bows down but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Okay, now some other people noticed that they weren't bowing down. So they go back to Nebuchadnezzar and they point out to him, hey, these guys didn't bow down. So Nebuchadnezzar calls them to his presence, and he has a conversation with them, and we're going to kind of pick up with this particular conversation. It says, verse 13, uh, Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought to the, brought to the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said, Is it true that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold that I have set up. Now, and he gives them a second chance. Now, when you hear the sound of the horn and all the musical instruments, uh, if you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing fire. Then what God 
will be able to rescue you from my hand. So the three replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. So we're going to work our way through this passage. So it's a really ugly situation that's, uh, that's occurred here. These people, they just showed up. They had no idea. Uh, and, and man, this, this is a really tough situation. But I have one question to ask you before we start working through the story. All right? Who's missing from this scene? Who's missing? Who, who's the, you know, who's the, uh, the, the name that the book is titled after? It's Daniel. Now, now where's Daniel? Where's Daniel? Now, historians say, you know, because of Daniel's recent promotion from the previous chapter, that he is probably on an official, you know, uh, tour of some of the provinces of Babylon. Okay? So, here they are at the fiery furnace, and Daniel's at the Marriott, okay? At the buffet, out, you know, out by the pool. So, do you ever sometimes compare what you're going through to what other people are going through? You ever, you ever do that? You ever look at kind of your adversity in your life and look at <clears throat> what's going on in somebody else's life? Now, see, there's trouble if you do that, okay? And in Acts chapter 12, the apostle James is in jail, and he gets his head cut off. He gets killed, okay? In the same prison, a few weeks later, Peter has a miraculous exit from the prison by the angel, okay? Wow, same, same prison, okay? Same time frame. One, it doesn't work out well. The other gets a miracle, in Philippians, Paul is in jail, and he says to Timothy, come see me, and here's some, here's some letters, and I want you to go around to the different churches, and I want you to explain these particular letters. So Timothy goes off, you know, on this, on this tour, and then Paul calls for a young man called Epaphroditus. Hey, come and serve with me while I'm in jail. And Epaphroditus comes, and he's going to the jail every day. He's serving Paul, and then he gets sick. And Paul says he was so sick that he almost died. So here's Timothy, the golden boy, that Paul's known his family, his grandmother, and he's doing well. And here's Epaphroditus. Man, he's on his deathbed in the shadow of the prison. See, in the, in the Old Testament, there were some oxen. They were chosen to pull the Ark of the Covenant. Okay? Now that'd be... Cool. I mean, if you're an oxen, that'd be a pretty cool thing. And then there were some oxen that were chosen to be sacrificed on the altar before God. Okay? So I just want to say to you today, man, watch, you know, when we're, when we're kind of looking at our life compared to other people. Do you ever do that? Do you ever look at your life and go, man, look what I'm going through. Look, what they're, look what's happening to them. What did I do wrong? What did, I, what did I do wrong? Listen, don't compare 
what God is doing in your life to others. You don't know what God's plan is for you or for someone else, okay? Don't, don't be trying to, you know, have some connection where you're trying to, you know, figure out what God is doing in your life. See, they could have been that upset that Daniel's not there. Where is he? He's on a royal tour. But you know what? Daniel's got his own trial that's coming up, you know, in a few chapters that involves some lions. So you, you never know what God's doing. So don't compare what is happening in your life to somebody else's life because you don't know what God's ultimate plan is for you and you don't know what God's ultimate plan is for someone else. So let's just live our own life. Let's keep our own blinders on. Let God deal with us as He sees fit. And let God deal with others as, as they see fit. And there may be a time that someone else is walking through God's blessing and favor. That's fine. We, we praise God for that. And then, then the situations may be reversed where you're walking through a season of God's blessing and favor and somebody else is going through a hard time. But I just want you to know God's got His own individual plan. So don't be reminding God you know, of the, uh, when we see inequities in, in between the two. So, uh, so just wanted to mention that. So they're, they're, at the, they're at the dedication, okay? The rules have been given. The penalty is given. And now, I mean, they're on the spot. They've already, they're with the masses the first time. Now, they're just in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar. They're standing very close by when the music is about to be played again. Now, immediately, when, when he says, you've got to bow, immediately they know there's a problem. Immediately they know there's a spiritual problem because the Ten Commandments, this, this idol is already a violation of the first two uh, Ten Commandments, that you should have no other gods before me, and you should have no graven images or, or, or images that are made. So already they know there's a spiritual problem, you know, uh, in, in bowing down. Now, I just want to say this to you. At some point in your life, you will be given a chance to stand up for your faith in Jesus or not. At some point. Now, it may not be as dramatic as what is going on right now, but it has this way of kind of working itself into our lives where we, where we stand for the Lord, we stand for Jesus or not. We kind of want to live our lives sometimes as stealth Christians, as you know, CIA is kind of being is kind of being undercover. All right. Well, you know, do you go to church? Well, you know, I've, there's a place over in West Tennessee. I I go from time to time. We just try to stay. Some try to stay. You know, underground. You know, do you? You know, are, are you religious? No, I'm not really. You know, I'm not really. I'm not really religious, you know, just, you know, and then, and then at work or sometimes there are religious conversations that happen and we don't dive into them because it would really spoil trying to be one of these stealth followers of Jesus or there are religious controversial conversations that occur that, you know, that maybe here's a good time to make a stand and be some salt and light and we, and we, we miss that, you know, we miss that opportunity, especially at work, we go, you know, I'm, I'm not here to preach. And you're right. But as believers, we always shine our light. There's never a time that we don't, 
that we don't do that. And I'm going to tell you, these situations will work themselves into our lives where there are opportunities to make a stand for Jesus and let people know you're a follower of Jesus or not. Now, Jesus even dealt with this particular uh, incident, it said, or these type incidents. It says, Matthew 10, Whoever acknowledges me before others... I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. So, I mean, it's decision time sometimes. And I hope you're just consistent all through your life. I mean, I just came to a point in my life trying to bob and weave who I was around, whether I served God or not. That just, that just got old after a period of time. I just decided, you know what, I'm going to follow Jesus. And if that wins me friends and influence, that's fine. If I lose friends and I'm sitting home lonely on Friday night, that's fine because I'm just going to serve Jesus, okay? You just kind of have to make that determination in your life. But let me just say, Serving Jesus, you're not always sitting at home alone by yourself. Like, you know, there's a great, there's a great life. Uh, there's a great life as well. But there are times that you have to make a decision when it comes to your friends that you're going to serve God or not, or your <clears throat> your coworkers, or your social circle. And when people know, when you make that stand and you make it clear and consistent in your life, there'll be some. Most will be happy for you. Most will be happy. Some will be understanding, kind of nonchalant. Others will move on with their life. But that's okay if that happens. Because as followers of Jesus, we never put our light under the bushel, right? Do we need to sing that song? Do you remember that song? We don't put our light under the bushel. No, there you go. First service didn't get that. They didn't get that, okay? So... Man, they're put on the spot. Sometimes that happens in different ways. You're put on the spot concerning your, your faith in Jesus. Let's, and, and, and Nebuchadnezzar, I love their response. We've read it once. I want to read it again. Read it again. We don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we're thrown into the blazing fire, the God whom we serve is able to deliver us from it, and He will deliver us and from your, from your majesty's hand. But even if He doesn't, We want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. Wow. What a great life perspective that he gives. What a great faith perspective. I love it. Whether God delivers me or not, it does not change whom I serve. Okay? Whether God delivers me or not, it does not change who I serve. Because sometimes, sometimes our continued faithfulness in God is dependent upon us getting miracle after miracle. As long as everything's kind of rolling our way, we stay faithful in our worship. We stay faithful. Uh, we stay faithful to God. But here's the declaration. Listen to me. I be- they say, I believe God can deliver. I believe He's going to deliver me here. But if He doesn't, That doesn't change anything about my life. And I want to tell you something. That is a huge statement that we need to grab and and pull uh, pull into our heart. Paul, in the Philippian jail, okay, not one time did he ever really overtly pray to be released from jail. But here's what he said. He said, I eagerly expect and hope that in no way 
I'll be ashamed. He said, I'm going I'm to believe there's a deliverance coming. But will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or death, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Got it? I'm praying to get out. But if for some reason I don't, I'm praying for courage. I'm praying that I'll stand. I'm, I'm praying that I'll be strong in life or death for me to live as Christ. To die is gain also in this prayer that he prays is not fatalistic. He's not waving the white flag, throwing in the towel, or it's not faithless as well. He's saying, man, there's a hope in me that I'll be, I'll be delivered. But this prayer and this concept that we're talking about is an acknowledgement that sometimes God works in my life in ways that I cannot see. It's not always a miracle, not always a victory, but there are times that God has another plan in store for my life. All right? It is the prayer of God's keeping power over my life and the acknowledgement of God's wonderful sovereignty over my life. Okay? He's got... He's got you, okay? He's got you. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for you. 1933, the Nazis take over in Germany, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's a pastor, a Protestant pastor, you know, in, in, in Germany. Because of the overt nature of Nazism when it came to anti-Semitism and their treatment of Jewish people, immediately Bonhoeffer, he takes this stand against the new Nazi regime. Publicly, privately, he's, you know, he's speaking against, it started with anti-Semitism, and then it worked itself, you know, as Nazism has worked itself in other ways. He became kind of the center. Bonhoeffer became, became the Protestant center where other pastors were coming and they were, you know, they were, you know, uh, forming, you know, these relationships and, and, and becoming a little more formal in their opposition to Nazism. In 1939, six years later, man, they're into this, they're into this fight and this war uh, with, with Nazism. He gets an opportunity to go to New York and study and right, he gets to leave Germany, so he takes this opportunity, and he goes to New York, and he starts studying and writing, and then all of a sudden, his conscience has seized him, and he says, I, I can't live here. I've got to go back. So he, he goes back to Germany. He said, you cannot influence something and have an impact if you are, you know, uh, separated from it. So he goes, and he lives, he lives back in Germany. And I love this quote that he says because there's always a time to, you know, just stand up and be countered. And I love this. And it says, silence in the face of evil is evil itself. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Okay? So we're just going sometimes, hey, I'm just going to be quiet. I'm not going to make a scene. I'm not going to say anything. You know what? You're making a statement in that moment. You're making a, making a statement. And unfortunately, in April of uh, 1945, they arrested Bonhoeffer. They took him to Flossenburg concentration camp. And just months before the war ended, uh, he, was, he was hanged by the Nazis. Okay? Now, I want to just say to you, God is a deliverer, okay? God is a... But, but you heard the statement. Number one, we believe that God can deliver. 
That's, that was their statement. Number two, we believe he's going to deliver us right here. Okay? Number three, they said, but if he doesn't, it doesn't change how, and how we serve God. And I want to tell you, that is a wonderful principle that we need to dive deep into our, our spiritual makeup because I don't know whether you've noticed it or not. Now, maybe your life's different, but not every prayer, prayer is answered the way that you want it. Not, not every miracle that we think you know, should be in our life is there. Sometimes there are other things, and, and some people live their life and I mean, unless they're getting miracles all the time, they're going to serve God. But when there's a problem, you know, they, they, kind, of, they kind of walk away. And we just, we can't live our life that way. We can learn something from these three young men. So, Nebuchadnezzar, verse 19, he's furious. And his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual. I love it. It's not just fire. Hey, but this is hot fire. Okay. Whoa. That other fire we might could have got through, but this one is seven times hotter. I, I love it. And then he gets, he gets soldiers stronger, stronger soldiers to, to tie them up and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they're wearing their robes, their trousers, their turbans, and other clothes, and they were thrown into the blazing furnace seven times hotter. Verse 24, the Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet in amazement. And he asked his advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Let me just tell you something about your relationship with the Lord. Excuse me. You know, when, when we first come to the Lord, or let, let me, let me, I'll give you an example. Like when you're first kind of dating your spouse or dating, you know, you go do uh, certain things. Man, you're having dates, you're taking drives, you're going to the romantic restaurant, you know, having a romantic dinner followed up by putt-putt. I've never enjoyed, you understood the connection between the two. And you go to a movie, you go to a drive, whatever. And your relationship, there's a certain depth that it takes on just doing that. You know, those, those kind of kind of fun, those kind of fun things. But it's just kind of superficial, okay? Because, listen, in any relationship, there's a depth that develops when you walk through some of the worst times together okay it's all good up here when we're dating but man then relationships they take on you know like I I use I use this example like the first time you know it's love and marriage the first time you see your spouse throw up okay you know like she's had makeup the whole time her hair's been you know clothes all that but there's no glory to throwing up okay I mean you're just like Okay, okay. That's when you know you're in this for the long haul, okay? You, but, but there's a depth 
that comes when you start walking through hard times that would not happen on the romantic dinners. You start having adversity. And I want to say it's the same with your walk with the Lord. Man, you come to church and you worship and you go to small group and you do fellowship things and you do fun things. And there's a certain, there's a certain depth that happens in your life. But I want to, and, and, a, and a love for Christ that develops. But I want to tell you, man, it's really when you start walking through difficult times that root and faith and trust in things that you learn, man, you start growing and that relationship with God grows in a way that you would, you know, you would not, uh, you know, you don't, you don't anticipate sometimes. All right? So when you're in a scary place in your life, man, this is the time that that relationship is going to mature. And when you're in that scary place, let me say, don't you assume that God's not there. Okay? Don't you assume that God's not there. Jesus was by himself on the Mount of Temptation, you know, 40 days. He's by himself. Hey, but an angel came and ministered to him at the right, you know, at the right time. Don't, don't assume that because you don't see God, that he's not there watching over you. God doesn't social distance. Can I tell you that? That felt so good to say. We've been, you got a distance. You got God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's not, he's we think he's standing far away. But in actuality, he's closer than he's ever been before. He doesn't walk away in time of trial. He doesn't walk away when our heart is broken. Nebuchadnezzar said, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I need you to verify something. Didn't we throw three into the fire? He had to verify that. Did we accidentally grab somebody else? No. We threw four. And they are walking around. Hey, I just want to remind you this morning that the God that we serve, He's a deliverer. He's a deliverer. He doesn't distance. He doesn't, he doesn't distance in times of virus. He doesn't distance when times of adversity, when we're sick, when we're unemployed, when we've got all kinds of problems in our life. He is not separate from us in that moment, man. He's as close as he's ever been in our life. God is a deliverer. And when our back is against the wall, God is there holding our hand, walking in the fire with us. Can I give you this promise from Isaiah this morning? Listen, Isaiah 43, some of you need this promise this morning. God reminds us, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. He bought you with a price. You are of great value. Do you think you're going to just be lost? You know, do you think he's just going to forget you considering the price that he Paid for you. I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by my name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flame will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He just had to tag that on the end. He's the Savior. He's the deliverer. You can count on him when your back's against the wall and you feel the, the heat of the flame. And I, 
I love the, the next passage. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was there a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire upon them. I want you to know He is the deliverer of situations. He's the deliverer when your back's against the wall. You can count on Him. And He said, there are times you'll come through, you won't even be, you'll be unscathed. Okay? Now that's sometimes... That's sometimes. You'll just walk, walk right through. There are other times like the Apostle Paul. Remember when the ship broke up? And he, he's floating on a, on, a, on a branch. Okay? Hey, it doesn't matter to me. I mean, I prefer the other one. <laughs> I promise you that. But there are sometimes God's deliverance comes in, in, in different ways. But I'm just telling you, He's there. And I want to remind you of this too. He's a deliverer of situations, but He can also change the heart and life as well. Okay, He can deliver me from certain situations, but He can also change my heart. Paul says, thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ. There's a deliverance from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And if that's you today, maybe you're, you're away from God. Maybe you've turned your back on God. Maybe you've never really accepted the Lord before. I'm offering you this invitation to know Jesus personally. He can deliver you from light and darkness and evil to good and sin to grace. He is the deliverer. And Paul said, I want to thank God for Jesus who was my deliverer. He can do, he can do both. He can do both. Worship team, you guys can come. Last part. Last part. They're in the fire. They're in the fire. Four, fourth man. God did an absolute miracle. But let's go back to the three young men. Let's look at this. This is not an instant miracle. But the moment revealed a faith and a trust in God that had been building for years. We always think, man, well, these people just rose to the occasion. And I just go, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I think there are God's building faith and trust in us over a period of time. Now, there's a day of reckoning when, it, when all the fruit comes together. But this just wasn't some miracle of faith. See, these, these young men, go back to the, the first message of Daniel. These men had dedicated themselves to God as young men when they were living in Jerusalem in times of ease. There was no catastrophe. Man, but they were learning God's word. They were praying. They were faithful to God. Okay? Then they go to Babylon. Let's say they've been there a couple years. They're still strong. They're living under, you know, in a very evil environment, you know, but they're still, they're still living, you know, they're still living for God because great acts of faith usually happen to people who are consistent in their walk with God over a period of time. There are no game day heroes in faith. There aren't people that drag in their faith all the time and all of a sudden they're doing something great for God. There is a consistency that happens over a period of time that develops in you and then all of a sudden the moment, the moment reveals the dedication, the consistency that you have had. You see, you don't always see what God's building on the inside of you. We don't have the spiritual perspective to do that. Okay? But just through our faithfulness, God's doing something wonderful in our lives. So, like, when we do our devotions sometime, okay, it's my devotional time. 
All right, I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to play my music. All right, and we just go. We just are faithful to it. We're in our prayer closet. We don't hear angelic choirs like some people do. You know, so we just kind of leave and go, okay, well, that, that was good. Oh, but you never know because of what was in that moment that God spoke something to you or that God strengthened you. And it might be just ever so slightly that something's happened in that moment. You come to church Sunday after Sunday. Okay, I'm just going to church. We don't see the cloud of glory like they saw in Solomon's time. But yet, because of your faithfulness to church over a period of time, and you may think it's unremarkable, but when you come, man, as you worship, God is revealing and doing something ever so small in your heart. Maybe there's something that God, through His Word, places in your spirit that starts to take root. And you go home and go, well, that was maybe a little unremarkable in in your mind. But you never know through your unremarkable season right now, through your faithfulness and your steadfastness now, what God is building in you now that He's going to use and pull out of you later. There are no faith heroes that, that were not consistent and faithful before. Okay? Stay faithful. Stay faithful. You don't know what God's building in your life. There may be a fiery furnace in your future that you need a season of just reading God's Word and getting in God's presence and being faithful to church as you can now and connecting with others. He's doing something now, but there may be a great day of miracle that He wants that's coming in your future, and you need to pay attention to it. You need to pay attention to it now. They saw the fire had not harmed their bodies. There wasn't a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was not the smell of fire on them. Amen. Worship team is going to sing. I'm going to come back in just a moment. I'm just going to lead us in a time of prayer. If you're online, you know, uh, or, or, or you're live here, I'm just going to be praying for strength. You know, if that's, if that's you, if you kind of feel a little wishy-washy in your life, there's sometimes that your, your light's shining, sometimes it's not. Okay, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray for God's strength. I'm going to pray today. Some of you have a fiery furnace that's, that's imminent in, in your life. And I'm just going to pray for uh, faith and perseverance and strength. And we're going to pray for the miracle. We're also going to pray for the courage on the on the other end. And if I mean, if you're here today and you walked away from God, today's a day to come back. Jesus says, "Come to me, come to me." All oh, you're heavy laden, He said, "I'll give you, I'll give you rest." Would you stand? So, if you're watching on live stream, I'm gonna do this prayer. Just put "pray for me." Some of our moderators will be in in touch with you. So, I just want to pray this morning. So, Lord, I pray that we're gonna have the courage. Lord, to stand. Lord, we're not going to be consider the circumstances. We're going to acknowledge you in all ways, in all things. I pray for those that maybe having a little issue with boldness and courage. Lord, I pray. Lord, consistent all across their life. Lord, they'll they'll they're going to stand for you. Their light is going to shine. No bushel on it. Lord, I pray. I pray for strength today. I pray. Lord, I pray for those who are. Uh, standing close to a fiery furnace in their life. Lord, they need a miracle. They need direction. They need courage. Their strength. Lord, I pray over that today. God, I pray for faith. 
We serve a delivering God. We serve the God of miracles. We serve the God whose name is Deliverer. Lord, and I pray, God, for a miraculous deliverance for those that need it. Lord, I pray. Or I pray for courage. I pray for strength. Lord, I pray. Whatever happens, Lord, it doesn't change who I serve. It doesn't change. Lord, and I pray. One way or the other, Lord, you've got their back. And I pray the strength and courage and delivering power of Jesus this morning. Lord, I pray for those who are away from you this morning. Lord, I pray. I pray, God, that you would draw them to your side. Lord, I pray. Lord, they'll feel the sweet uh, breath of the Holy Spirit breathing in their heart, drawing them into faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray over that. I pray over that. I pray that we'll all be faithful and steadfast. Lord, there's a day of reckoning coming. There's a day, Lord, of unusual faith that you're going to require. And Lord, let let us be faithful in this season because you're going to do something unusual in the next season. Lord, I give you thanks, Lord. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you're watching online, man, we would love to pray with you, talk with you, send us your information. I'll be in touch. If you're here today, uh, we can't really kind of gather at the altar, but man, send me a message. I would love to talk with you, pray with you, believe God for you, especially, man, if you need a deliverance and a miracle in your life. I want to I stand with you. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. 